0: Time honoured Lancaster, hast thou, according to thy oath and band, brought hither Henry Hare for thy bold stun, here to make good the boisterous late appeal, which then our leisure would not let us hear, against the Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Mowbray?
1: I
2: have, my liege.
0: Tell me, moreover, hast thou sounded him if he appealed the Duke on ancient malice, or? Worthily, as a good subject should, on some known ground of treachery
2: him. As near as I could sift him in that argument, and some apparent danger seen in him, aimed at your highness? No, virterate malice.
0: Oh, then, call them to our presence. <laughs> hmm. Face to face, and frowning, brow to brow, ourselves, will hear the accuser and the accused freely speak. High stomached are they both, and full of ire. in rage, deaf as the sea, hasty as fire.
3: Many years of happy days befall my gracious sovereign, my most loving liege. Each day
4: is still better other's happiness until the heavens, envying Earth's good hap, add an immortal title to your crown.
0: We thank you both. Yet one but flatters us, as well appareth by the cause you come, namely, to appeal each other of high treason. Mm -mm -mm. Cousin of Hereford, what dost thou object against Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Mowbray?
3: First, heaven be the record to my speech, in the devotion of a subject's love, tendering the precious safety of my prince, and free from other misbegotten hate, come I appellant to this princely presence. Now, Thomas Mowbray, do I turn to thee, and mark my greeting well. For what I speak, my body shall make good upon this earth, or my divine soul answer it in heaven. Thou art a traitor and a miscreant, too good to be so and too bad to live. Since the more fair and crystal is the sky, the uglier seems the clouds that in it fly. Once more, the more to aggravate the note with a foul traitor's name, stuff I thy throat. And wish so please, my sovereign, ere I move, what my tongue speaks my right-drawn sword may prove. Let not my cold words here accuse my zeal. It is not the trial of
4: a woman's war. The bitter clamour of two eager tongues can arbitrate this cause betwixt us twain. The blood is hot that must be cooled for this, yet can I not of such tame patience boast as to be hushed and not at all to say, first, the fair reverence of your highnesses curbs me from giving reins and spurs to my free speech, which else would post until it had returned these terms of treason doubled down his throat his high blood's royalty, and let him be no kinsman to my liege. I do defy him, and I spit at him, call him a slanderous coward, and a villain, which to maintain, I would allow him odds, and meet him were I tied to run afoot even to the frozen ridges of the Alps, or any other ground inhabitable wherever Englishman durst set his foot. In time, let this defend my loyalty. By all my hopes, most falsely doth he
3: lie! Pale, trembling coward, there I throw my gauge, disclaiming here the kindred of the king and lay aside my high blood's royalty, which fear not reverence makes thee to accept. If guilty dread hath left thee so much strength as to take up mine honour's pawn, then stoop. By that and all the rights of knighthood else will I make good against thee. Arm to arm would I have spoke, or thou canst worse devise. I take it up, and by that sword I swear which gently laid
4: my knighthood on my shoulder, I'll answer thee in any fair degree or chivalrous design of knightly trial. And when I mount alive, may I not light, if I be traitor or unjustly fight.
0: What doth our cousin lay to Mowbray's charge? It must be great that can inherit us so much as a thought of illing him.
3: Look what I speak, my life shall prove it true, that Mowbray hath received eight thousand nobles in name of lending for your Highness soldiers. The which he hath detained for lewd employments, like a false traitor, an injurious villain besides i say and will in battle prove or here or elsewhere to the furthest verge that ever was surveyed by english eye that all the treasons for these eighteen years complotted and contrived in this land fetch from false mowbray their first head and spring (coughs) further i say and further will maintain upon his bad life to make all this good that he did plot the duke of gloucester's death jest his soon believing adversaries and consequently like a traitor coward sluice out his innocent soul through streams of blood which blood like sacrificing abel's cries even from the tongueless caverns of the earth to me for justice and rough chastisement and by the glorious worth of my descent this arm shall do it or this life be spent
0: His resolution soars. Oh, oh, oh. uh, Thomas of Norfolk, what say'st thou to this?
4: Oh, let my sovereign turn away his face and bid his ears a little while be deaf till I have told this slander of his blood how God and good men hate so foul a liar. Oh,
0: Mowbray. Impartial are our eyes and ears. Were he my, my brother, no, my, my kingdom's heir, as he's but my father's brother's son, now but by, by my sceptre's oar, I make a vow, such neighbour nearness to our secret blood should nothing privilege him nor, nor partialise the unstopping firmness of my upright soul. He is our subject brain, so art
1: thou free speech and fearless i to thee allow hmm. then
4: bolingbroke as low as to thy heart through the false presage of thy throat thou liest Three parts of that receipt I had for Calais dispersed, I duly to his highness's soldiers. The other part reserved I by consent, for that my sovereign's liege was in my debt, upon remainder of a dear account, since that last I went to France to fetch his queen. Now swallow Mm. down that lie. Uh, For... For Gloucester's death, uh, I slew him not, uh, but uh, to my own disgrace, uh, neglected my sworn duty in that case. (laughs) Uh, For you, my noble lord of Lancaster, uh, the honourable father to my my foe, once did I lay an ambush... uh, for your life. Uh, Trust myself doth vex my grieved soul. Uh, But ere I last received the sacrament, I did confess it, and exactly begged your grace's pardon. Uh, And I hope I had it. This is my fault. As for the rest appealed, it issues from the rancor of a villain! A recreant and most degenerate traitor! Which, in myself, I bodily will defend and interchangeably hurl down my gage upon this overweening traitor's foot, to prove myself a loyal gentleman, even in the best blood ch- ch- chambered in his bosom. In haste whereof, of most heartily I pray your highness to assign a trial day.
0: Rough, kindled gentleman, be ruled by me. Let's purge this collar without letting blood, this we prescribe, though no physician. (laughs) Deep malice makes too deep incision. Forget, forgive, conclude and be agreed. Our doctors say this is no month to bleed. A good uncle, let this end where it begun. will come the Duke of Norfolk, you, your son.
2: Ah, oh, to be a make peace shall become my age. Throw mm-hmm. down, my son, the Duke of Norfolk's gage.
0: Norfolk, throw down his.
2: When, Harry, when? Obedience bids, I should not bid again.
0: Norfolk, throw down we bid. There is
4: no boot. <laughs> Myself I threw dread sovereign at thy foot. My life thou shalt command. But not my shame. The one my duty owes, But my fair name, Despite of death, That lives upon my grave. To dark dishonor's use Thou shalt not have. I am disgraced, impeached, And baffled here, Pierced to the soul With slander's venom spear, the which no balm can cure, But his heart-blood, Which breathed this poison.
0: Rage must be withstood. Give me his gauge. Lions make leopards tame!
4: Yea, but not change his spots. Take but my shame, and I resign my gage. My dear, dear lord, the purest treasure mortal times afford is spotless reputation. That away, men are but gilded loam or painted clay. A jewel in a ten times barred up chest is a bold spirit in a loyal breast. Mine honor is my life.
1: Both grow in one. Take honor from me, and my life is done. Then, dear my liege, mine honor let me try. In that I live, and for that will I die. Othin, throw up your gage, do you begin.
3: Oh, God defend my soul from such deep sin! Shall I seem crestfallen in my father's sight? Or with this bale beggar fear impeach my height before this out dare dastard? <laughs> Ere my tongue shall wound my honour with such feeble wrong, or sound so base a parle? My teeth shall tear the slavish motive of recanting fear, and spit it, bleeding in his high disgrace, where shame doth harbor even in Mowbray's face.
5: We
0: are not born to steal, but to command, which, since we cannot do, to make you friends. Be ready, as your lives shall answer it, at Coventry, upon St. Lambert's Day. There shall your swords and lances arbitrate the swelling difference of your subtle hate. Since we cannot atone you, we shall see justice design the victor's chivalry. Lord Marshal, Commander Officers at Arms, be ready to direct these home alarms.
2: Alas, the part I had in Woodstock's blood doth more solicit me than your exclaims to stir against the butchers of his life. But since correction lieth in those hands which made the fault that we cannot correct, put we our quarrel to the will of heaven, who, when they see the hours ripe on earth, will rain hot vengeance on the offenders' heads.
6: Find brotherhood in thee no sharper spell hath love in thy old blood no living fire. Edward's seven sons whereof thyself art one, were as seven vials of his sacred blood, or seven fair branches springing from one root. Some of those seven are dried by nature's course, some of those branches by the destiny's cut, but Thomas, my dear Lord, my life, my Gloucester, one vial full of Edward's sacred blood, one flourishing branch of his most royal root, is cracked, and all the precious liquor spil- spilt is hacked down, and his summer leaves all faded by Envy's hand and murder's bloody axe. Ah oh, Gaunt! His blood was thine, that bed, that womb, that metal, that self-mould that fashioned thee made him a man. And though thou livest and breathest, yet art thou slain in him. Thou dost consent in some large measure to thy father's death, that thou seest thy wretched brother die, who was the model of thy father's life. All it not patience, God, it is despair in suffering thus thy brother to be slaughtered thou showest the naked pathway to thy life teaching stern murder how to butcher thee that which in me men we entitle patience is pale cold cowardice in noble breasts what shall i say to safeguard thine own life the best way is to avenge my Gloucester's death
2: god's, god's is the quarrel for God's substitute, his deputy, anointed in his sight, hath caused his death. The which, if wrongfully, let heaven revenge, for I may never lift an angry arm against his minister. Where then, alas, may I complain myself? To God, the widow's champion and defence. Why
6: then, I will. Farewell, old oh gaunt. Thou goes to Coventry, there to behold our cousin Hereford and fell Mowbray fight. Or to fit my husband's wrongs on Hereford's spear, that it may enter Butcher Mowbray's breast. Or if misfortune missed the first career, be Mowbray's sin so heavy in his bosom, they may break his foaming courser's back and throw the rider headlong in the lists, a of recreant of my cousin Hereford. <sighs> Farewell, O oh God. Thy sometimes brother's wife, with her companion grief, must end her life.
3: Sister, farewell. I must
2: to Coventry. As much good stay with thee as go with me.
6: Yet one word more. Grief boundeth where it falls, not with the empty hollowness but wait I take my leave before I have begun, for sorrow ends not when it seemeth done. Commend me to thy brother, Edmund York No, this is all they yet depart not so Though this be all do not so quickly go I shall remember more bid him ugh, what with all good speed, at Plashy, visit me. Alack, and what shall good old York there see but empty lodgings and unfurnished walls, unpeopled offices, untrodden stones, and what here there for welcome but my groans? will commend me. Let him come, not there, to seek out sorrow that dwells everywhere. Desolate, desolate, I will hence and die. The last leave of thee takes my weeping eye.
0: Marshal, demand of yonder Champion the cause of his arrival here in arms, ask him his name and orderly proceed to swear him in the justice of his cause?
7: In God's name, and the king's, say who thou art, and why thou comest thus knightly clad in arms. Against what man (laughs) thou comest, and what thy quarrel? Speak truly on thy knighthood and thy oath, and so defend thee heaven and thy valour.
4: My name is Thomas Mowbray, Duke of Norfolk, who hither comes engaged by my oath, which God defend a knight should violate both to defend my loyalty and truth to God, my king, and my successing issue, against the Duke of Hereford that appeals me, and by the grace of God and this mine arm, to prove him in defending of myself, a traitor to my God, my king, and me. And as I truly fight, defend me, heaven.
0: (laughs) Marshal, ask yonder knight in arms, both who he is and why he cometh hither thus plated in habiliments of war, <laughs> and formally, according to our law, to him in the justice of his cause.
7: <laughs> what is thy name? And wherefore comest thou hither before King Richard in his royal lists? Against who comest thou? And what's thy quarrel? Speak like a true knight, and so defend thee heaven. Harry of Hereford, oh, Lancaster and Derby,
3: am I. Ready here to stand in arms to prove, by God's grace and my body's valour, enlists on Thomas Mowbray, Duke of Norfolk, that he is a traitor, foul and dangerous, the God of Heaven, King Richard,
7: and to me.
3: As I truly
7: fight, defend me, Heaven. On pain of death no person be so bold or daring hardy as to touch the lists except the marshal and such officers appointed to direct these fair designs. Lord Marshal, let me kiss my sovereign's hand
3: and bow my knee before his majesty. For Mowbray and myself are like two men that vow a long and weary pilgrimage. Then let us
7: take a ceremonious leave and loving farewell of our several friends. The appellant in all duty greets your highness and craves to kiss your hand and take his leave.
1: (laughs) we will descend, and fold him in our arms. Uh, cousin of her as thy cause is right, so be
0: thy fortune in this royal fight. Farewell, my blood, which if to-day thou shed, lament we may, but not revenge thee dead.
3: O let no noble eye profane a tear for me if I be gored with Mowbray's spear. Confident as is the falcon's flight against a bird, do I with Mowbray, find prayers, and with thy blessings steal my lance's point, that it may enter Mowbray's waxen coat. And Furbish knew the name of John a Gaunt, even in a lusty haviour of his son. God, in thy good cause, make thee prosperous. Be
2: swift like lightning in the execution, and let thy blows... Doubly redoubled, fall like amazing thunder on the cask of thy adverse, pernicious enemy. Rouse up thy youthful blood, be valiant, and live. Mine innocent and St. George to thrive. Whether god of fortune
4: cast my lot, there lives or dies true to King Richard's throne. A loyal, just, and upright gentleman Never did captive with a freer heart Cast off his chains of bondage and embrace His golden, uncontrolled enfranchisement More than my dancing soul doth celebrate This feast of battle with mine adversary Most mighty liege and my companion peers Take from my mouth the wish of happy years As gentle and as jocund as to jest Go I to fight! Truth hath a quiet breast.
0: Farewell, my lord. Securely I espied virtue with valour couched in thine eye. Order the trial, Marshal, and begin!
7: Harry of Hereford, Lancaster, and Derby, Receive thy lance, and God defend the right. Strong as a tower in hope, I cry Amen. Go bear this lance to Thomas, Duke of Norfolk. Harry of Hereford, Lancaster, and Derby, stands here for God, his sovereign, and himself, on pain to be found false and recreant, to prove the Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Mowbray, a traitor to his God, his King, and him, and dares him to set forward to the fight. Here standeth Thomas Mowbray, Duke of Norfolk, On pain to be found false and recreant, both to defend himself and to approve, Henry of Hereford, Lancaster, and Derby, to God his sovereign and to him disloyal, courageously and with a free desire, attending but the signal to begin. Sound trumpets and set forward combatants! Stay! The king hath thrown his warder down.
1: Let them
0: lay by the helmets and the spears, and both return back to the <laughs> chairs again. Ooh. We throw it us, and let the trumpets sound while we return. These dukes, what we decree. Ooh. Draw near, and list what with our council we have done. For that our kingdom's earth should not be soiled with that dear blood which it hath fostered, and for Our eyes do hate the dire aspect of civil wounds ploughed up with naval sword,
6: oh!
0: and For we think the eagle-winged pride of sky-aspiring and ambitious thoughts with rival-hating and new to wake our peace, which in our country's cradle draws the sweet infant breath of gentle sleep, which so roused up with boisterous untuned drums with harsh resounding trumpets dreadful bray and grating shock of wrathful iron arms might from our quiet confines fright fair peace and make us
1: wade even in a kindred's blood (sighs) therefore we banish you our territories You, hmm? Cousin Hereford, upon pain of life, till
0: twice five summers have enriched our fields, shall not regret our fair dominions, but tread the stranger paths of banishment.
3: Hmm. Your will be done. This must my comfort be. That sun that warms you here shall shine on me and those his golden beams to you here lent shall point on me, and gild my banishment.
1: Norfolk, for thee remains a
0: heavier doom, which I with some unwillingness pronounce. The sly slow hours shall not determinate the dateless limit of thy dear exile. The hopeless word of never to return, breathe I against thee, upon pain of life.
4: A heavy sentence, my most sovereign liege, and all unlooked for from your highness's mouth, a dearer merit not so deep a maim as to be cast forth in common air. Have I deserved at oh. your highness's hand language that I have learnt these forty years? My native English, now I must forego, and mm-hmm. now my tongue's use is to me no more than an unstringed viol or a harp, <sighs> or like a cunning <sighs> instrument cased up, or being open, but put into his hands that knows no touch to tune the harmony. Within my mouth you have enjailed my tongue, doubly <sighs> propelled with my teeth and lips. And dull, unfeeling, barren ignorance has made my jailer to attend on me. I am too old to fawn upon a nurse, too far in years to be a pupil now. What is thy sentence then but speechless death, which robs my tongue from breathing native breath?
0: thee not to be compassionate. After our sentence-splaining comes too late.
4: Then, thus I turn me from my country's light, To dwell in solemn shades of endless night.
1: Oh, return again, oh. and take an oath with thee, Lay on a royal
0: sword your banished hands, Swear by the duty that you owe to God, Our in we banish with yourselves, To keep the oath That we administer You never shall, so help you, truth and God, embrace each other's love in banishment, nor never look upon each other's face, nor never write, regret, nor reconcile the luring tempest of your homebred hate, nor never by advised purpose meet plot, contrive or complot any ill against us.
1: Our state, our subjects, or our land?
3: I swear.
1: And I, to keep all this.
3: Norfolk, so far as to mine enemy, by this time the king permitted us one of our souls had wandered in the air, banished this frail sepulcher of our flesh, as now our flesh is banished from this land confess thy treasons ere thou fly the realm since thou hast far to go bear not along the clogging burden of a guilty soul
4: no, Bolingbroke if ever I were traitor, my name be blotted from the book of life and I from heaven banished as from hence but what thou art God thou and I do know And all too soon, I fear,
1: the king shall rue. Farewell,
4: my liege. Now, no way can I stray, save back to England, all the world's my way.
1: Oh, uncle, even in the glasses of thine eyes, I
0: see thy grieved heart. Thy sad aspect hath from the number of his banished years plucked far away. (laughs) Six frozen winters spent return with welcome home from banishment.
3: How long a time lies in one little word. Four lagging winters and four wanton springs end in a word. Such is the breath of kings.
2: I thank my liege that in, in regard of me he shortens four years of my son's exile. But little vantage shall I reap thereby, for ere the six years that he hath to spend can change their moons, and bring about times my oiled, dried, lamp, and time-bewasted light shall be extinct with age and endless night. My inch of taper will be burned and done blindfold death shall not let me see my son.
1: Uncle, thou hast many years to live.
2: But not a minute, king, that thou canst give. Shorten my days thou canst with sullen sorrow, And pluck nights from me, but not lend morrow. Thou canst help time to furrow me with age, But stop no wrinkle in his pilgrimage. Thy word is current with him for my death. But dead? thy kingdom cannot buy my breath
0: thy son is banished upon good advice where to thy tongue a party verdict gave why a third justice seems thou then to lower things
2: sweet to taste prove in digestion sour you urged me as a judge but i had rather you would have bid me argue like a father oh had it been a stranger not my child to smooth his fault, I should have been more mild. A partial slander sought I to avoid, and and in that sentence, my own life destroyed. Alas, I look when some of you should say I was too strict to make mine own away. But you gave me leave to my unwilling tongue against my will to do myself this wrong. <laughs>
1: Farewell. Then, uncle bid him so. Six years will banish
0: him, and he shall go.
7: My lord, no leave take I, for I will ride as far as land will let me by your side. Yes. Oh, to what, what purpose dost thou hoard thy words, that thou
3: returnest no greeting to thy friends? I have too few to take my leave of you. When the tongue's office should be prodigal to breathe the abundant dollar of a heart,
2: thy grief is but thy absence for a time. Joy absent, grief is present for that time. What is six winters? Ah, oh, they are quickly gone.
3: To men enjoy, but grief makes one hour ten. Call it travel that thou takest for pleasure. My heart will sigh when I miscall it so. Which finds it an enforced pilgrimage.
2: Helen passage of thy weary steps, esteem as foil wherein thou art, to set thy precious jewel of thy home
3: return. Nay, rather every, every Nay, rather every tedious stride I make will but remember me what a deal of world I wander from, the jewels that I love. Must I not serve a long apprenticehood to foreign passages? And in the end, having my freedom, boast of nothing else but that I was a journeyman to grief? All
2: places
3: that the eye of heaven visits are
2: to a wise man ports and happy havens. Teach thy necessity to reason thus. There is no virtue like necessity, eh? Think not that the King did banish thee, but thou the King! Woe doth the heavier sit where it perceives it is but faintly borne! Go! Say I sent thee forth for purchase honour, and not the King exiled thee, or or, or suppose uh, the, the devouring pestilence hangs in our air, and thou art flying to a fresher clime. Look what thy soul holds dear! Imagine it, to lie that way thou goest, not whence thou comest. Suppose the singing birds, musicians, the, the grass, whereupon thou treadst the present strewed, the flowers, fair ladies, and thy steps no more than a delightful measure or a dance. For now link's sorrow hath less power to bite the man that mocks at it, and sets it light.
3: Can hold a fire in his hand by thinking on the frosty cacassus or cloy the hungry edge of appetite by bare imagination of a feast, or wallow naked in December snow by thinking on fantastic summer's heat. Oh no, the apprehension of the good gives but to the greater feeling to the worse. Well, sorrow's tooth doth never rankle more than when he bites but lanceth not the sore. Uh come my son
2: i'll bring thee on thy way (laughs) had i thy youth and cause i would not stay
1: england's ground farewell sweet
3: soil adieu my mother and my nurse bears me yet where'er i wander boast of this i can though banished yet a true born englishman
0: we did observe. Cousin O'Mell, how far brought you High Hereford on his way?
6: I brought High Hereford, if you call him so, uh, but to the next highway, and there
0: I left him. And say, what store of parting tears were
6: shed? Faith number me, except. The north-east wind, which then blew bitterly against our faces, awakened the sleeping room, and so by chance did grace our hollow parting with a tear.
0: What said our cousin when you parted with him?
6: Farewell. <laughs> <laughs> and for my heart disdained that my tongue should so profane the word, That taught me craft to counterfeit oppression of such grief, the word seemed buried in my sorrow's grave. (laughs) (laughs) Mary, would the word farewell have lengthened hours and added years to his short punishment? He should have had a volume of farewells. But since it would not,
0: he had none of me. Oh. (laughs) He is our Cousin. Cousin. But his stout. when time shall call him home from banishment, or the archingsmen come to see his friends, myself <laughs> and bushy beggar here in green, observe this courtship to the common people, how it seemed seem to dive into their hearts with humble and familiar courtesy, what the reverence he did throw away on slaves, ruined poor craftsmen with the craft of smiles and patient underbearing of his fortune, as yeah. to banish their effects with him. Off goes his bonnet to an oyster wench. A brace of draymen begot him well. I had the tribute of his supple knee with thanks, my countrymen, my loving friends.
1: As where our England in rebellion, he's he our subjects next to green hope. Oh, he is gone, and with him go these thoughts. Now, for the rebels which stand out in Ireland, expedient manage must be made, my liege, ere further leisure yield them further means for their advantage and your highness's loss. We
0: will ourselves in person to this war, and. For our coffers, we too great a to court and liberal largess are grown somewhat light. We are enforced to farm our royal realm. The revenue off shall furnish us for our affairs in hand. If that comes short, our substitutes at home shall have blank charters, whereto when they shall know what men are rich, they shall subscribe them for large sums of gold and send them after to supply at once. For we will make for Ireland presently. <laughs>
1: Boucher, what news? Old John of Gaunt is grievous sick, my lord, suddenly taken, and hath sent post-haste to entreat your majesty to visit him. Where lies he? At Eli House. Now, put it God in his physician's
0: mind to help him to his grave immediately. <laughs> 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 the line of the shall make Coats to deck our soldiers for these Irish wars (laughs) Come, gentlemen, let's all go visit him. Pray God we may make haste and come too
1: late
2: (laughs) 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 Um, Will the king come that I may breathe my last and wholesome counsel to his unstayed youth?
8: Vex not yourself, nor strive not with your breath, for all in vain
2: comes counsel to his ear. Oh, but they say the tongues of dying men enforce attention, like deep harmony, where words are scarce, they are seldom spent in vain, for they breathe truth that breathe their words in pain. He that no more must say is listened more than they whom youth and ease have taught to glows More on men's ends, marked than their lives before, Then the setting sun, and music at the close at the the last taste of sweets His sweetest last, written remembrance more than things long past. The Richard, my life's counsel would not hear, My death said till <coughs> may yet undeaf his ear.
8: No It is stopped with other flattering sounds, as praises of whose taste the wise are fond. Uh, Lascivious meters, to whose venom sound the open ear of youth doth always listen. (laughs) Report of fashions in proud Italy, whose manners are still our tardy apish nation, limps after in base imitation. Where doth the world thrust forth a vanity? So it be new, there's no respect. How vile! Uh, then all too late comes counsel to be heard. Where will doth mutiny with, with wit's regard? Uh, direct not him whose way himself will choose. Tis breath thou lack'st. And that breath wilt thou lose.
2: Methinks I am a prophet, new inspired, And thus expiring do foretell of him. His rash, fierce blaze of riot cannot last. Her violent fires soon burn themselves out, Small showers last long, but sudden storms are short. He tires betimes, and spurs too fast betimes. With eager feeding food doth choke the feeder. <coughs> Light vanity, insatiant cormorant, consuming means, soon preys upon itself. Oh, this royal
1: throne of kings, this sceptered isle,
2: this earth of majesty, this seat of Mars, this other Eden, demi paradise, this fortress built by nature for herself against the, in- the infection and the hand of war, this happy breed of men, this little world, this precious stone set in the silver sea which serves it in the office of, of a wall, or as a moat defensive to a house against the envy of a less happier lands. <laughs> oh, this blessed plot this earth, this realm, this England, this nurse, this teeming womb of royal kings, feared by their breed and famous by their birth, renowned for their deeds, as far from home for Christian service and true chivalry as is the sepulchre in stubborn jewellery of the world's ransom, blessed Mary's son. Oh, this land of such dear souls, this dear, dear land, dear for her reputation, through the world, is now list-out. <coughs> I die pronouncing it. Like to a, t- to a tenement, or a pelting farm. England, bound in with the sea, whose rocky shore beats back the envious seeds of watery Neptune, is now bound in with shame. With, with inky blots and rotted parchment bonds. That England that was wont was to conquer others hath made a shameful conquest of itself.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, would that scandal vanish in my life! Oh, how happy then were my ensuing death!
8: The king is come. Deal mildly with his youth. For young hot colts being rained do rage the more. What comes, how
1: is with aged gaunt?
2: how oh. <coughs> oh, that name befits my composition. Old gaunt indeed, and gaunt in, in being old. <laughs> Within me, uh, grief hath kept a tedious fast, and who abstains from meat that is not gaunt? Sleeping <laughs> England long time have I watched, watching breed's leanness. Leanness is all gaunt, the pleasure that some fathers feed upon is my strict fast. I, I mean my <laughs> children's looks, and therein fasting hast thou made me gaunt. Gaunt am I for the grave, gaunt as a grave, whose hollow's womb inherits nought but bones.
0: <laughs> Can thick man play so nicely with their names?
2: No, misery makes sport to mock itself. Since dost seek to kill my name in me, I mark my name, great king, to flatter thee.
0: (laughs) To thine men flatter with those that live.
2: No, no, men living flatter those that die.
0: Thou, now dying says thou flatters me.
2: Oh, no, thou diest, though I the sicker be
0: i am in health i breathe and see thee ill
2: now he that made me knows i see thee ill ill in myself to see and in thee seeing ill (laughs) thy deathbed is no lesser than thy land, wherein thou liest in reputation sick, and thou, too careless patient as thou art, (coughs) commitst thy anointed body to the cure of those physicians that first wounded thee. A thousand flatterers sit within thy crown, whose compass is no bigger than thy head, and yet encaged in so small a verge, the waste is no whit lesser than thy land, Oh, had thy grandsire with a prophet's eye seen how his son's son should destroy his sons, from forth thy reach he would have laid thy shame, deposing thee before thou wert possessed, which art possessed now to dispose thyself. Why, cousin, wert thou regent of the world, it were a shame to let this land by lease. But for the world enjoying, but this land, is it not more than shame to shame it so? Landlord of England, art thou now not king? Thy state of law is bondslave to the lord. Thou,
0: with that fool presuming <gasps> on an aged's privilege, dost with thy frozen admonition make.
1: Pain our cheek, chasing the royal blood with fury from his native residence. Oh. Now, by my seat's right, royal majesty,
0: were down a brother to great Edward's son, thy tongue that runs so roundly in thy head should run thy head from thy unreverent shoulders.
2: Oh. Bear me not, my brother Edward's son, for that was I, his father Edward's son. That blood already, like the peregrine, hast thou tapped out and drunkenly caroused. Oh my brother Gloucester, plain, well-meaning soul, whom fair befall in heaven amongst the happy souls may be a precedent. And which is good that thou respect'st not for spilling Edward's blood. Join with the present sickness that I have, and thy unkindness, <coughs> be like crooked age, to crop at once a too long withered flower. <coughs> Live in thy shame, but die not shame with thee. These words, hereafter thy tormentors be, and... <coughs> and <coughs> <coughs> oh. Uh, convey me to my bed, then to my grave. Love thee, to live that love and honour have.
1: (coughs) That agent's had! both and thou, and both become
8: the grave! Your Majesty, impute his words to uh, wayward sickliness and age in him. Mm -hmm. He loves you, on my life, and holds you dear as Harry, uh, Duke of Hereford, were he here. Right.
0: You say true. As Hereford's love so his, as theirs so mine, and all be as it is.
9: My liege. Old Gaunt commends him to your majesty.
0: What says he?
9: Nay, nothing. All is said. His tongue is now a stringless instrument. Words, life, and all, Old Lancaster hath spent.
1: <laughs>
8: <gasps> <gasps> oh, be York the next that must be bankrupt so. Though <laughs> oh, death be poor, it ends a
1: mortal woe. and so doth he. His time is spent, our pilgrimage
0: must be. So much for that. Now, for our Irish wars, we must supplant those rough-rug-headed curs which live like venom with no venom else, but only they have privilege to live. And for those great affairs to ask some charge, Towards our assistance, we do seize to us the plate, corn, revenues, and movables whereof our uncle Gaunt did stand
1: POSSESSED! up, people! Patient!
8: Ah, how long shall tender duty make me suffer wrong? Not Gloucester's death, nor Haliford's banishment, nor Gaunt's rebukes, nor England's private wrongs, nor the prevention of poor Bolingbroke about his marriage, nor my own disgrace, have ever made me sour my patient cheek or bend one wrinkle on my sovereign's face. I am the last of noble Edward's sons, of whom thy father Prince of Wales was first. In war was never lion raged more fierce. In peace was never (laughs) gentle lamb more mild than what that was that young and princely gentleman. His face thou hast, for Mm -hmm. even so looked he, Mm -hmm. accomplished with the number of thy hours. But when he frowned, it was against the French not against his friends. His noble hand did win what he did spend, and spent not that which his triumphant father's hand had won. (laughs) His hands were guilty of no kindred blood, but bloody with the enemies of his kin. Oh, Richard! Uh, York is too far gone with grief, or else he would never compare between.
1: Why... Uncle, what's the matter? Oh, sh- pardon me if you please If not I
8: please not to be pardoned and am content with all <laughs> Seek you to seize and gripe upon y- into your hands the royalties and rights of banished Haliford? <laughs> is not gone dead and doth not Haliford live? Was not gone just? And is not Harry true? Did not one the one deserve to have an heir? Is not his heir a well-deserving son? Take its' mm-hmm. rights away, And take from time his charters And his customary rights. Let not tomorrow then ensue to day. Be not thyself, for how art thou a king, But by fair sequence and succession? Now for God... God forbid I say true, if you do wrongfully seize Hereford's rights, call in the letters, patents that he hath by his attorneys general to sue his livery, and deny his offered homage, you pluck a thousand dangers on your head, you lose a thousand well-disposed hearts, and prick my tender patience to those thoughts which honour and allegiance cannot think.
0: Think what you will, we seize into our hands
1: his plate, his goods, his money, and his lands. <laughs> I'll not be by the while.
8: My liege farewell. What will ensue hereof, there's none can tell. But by bad courses may be understood that the events never fall out good.
0: Go, Bushy, to the Earl of Wiltshire straight. Bid him repair to us to Eli House to see this business. Oh, tomorrow next we will for Ireland. And this time, I trow, and we create, in absence of ourselves, our Uncle York, Lord Governor of England. (laughs) For he is just and always loved as well. Here. Come on, my friends, tomorrow must we part. Be merry, for our time
5: of stay is short.
9: (laughs) Well, lords, the Duke of Lancaster is dead.
5: And living too, for now his son is Duke.
8: Barely in title, not in revenues.
9: Richly in both, if justice had her right.
5: (laughs) My heart is great, but it must break with silence, ere to be disburdened with a liberal tongue.
9: Nay, speak thy mind, and let him ne'er speak more that speaks thy words again to do thee harm.
8: Tens thou thou wouldst speak to the Duke of Hereford? If it be so, with it boldly, man, quick as mine ear to hear of good towards him.
5: No good at all that I can do for him, unless you call it good to pity him, bereft and gelded of his patrimony.
9: Now afore God, tis shame such wrongs are born in him, A royal prince, and many more of noble blood in this declining land. The king is not himself, but basely led by flatterers, And what they will inform, merely in hate against any of us all, That will the king severely prosecute against us, Our lives, our children, and our heirs.
5: The commons hath he pilled with grievous taxes, And quite lost their hearts. The nobles hath he fined for ancient quarrels, and quite lost their hearts.
8: And daily
4: new exactions are devised, as blanks, benevolences, and I wot not what. But what in God's name doth become of
9: this? Wars hath not wasted it, for ward he hath not, but basely yielded upon compromise that which his noble ancestors achieved with blows. More hath he spent in peace than they in wars.
5: The Earl of Wiltshire hath the realm and farm.
9: The king grown bankrupt like a broken man. Reproach and dissolution hangeth over him.
5: He hath not money for these Irish wars, his burdenous taxations notwithstanding, but by the robbing of the banished duke.
9: His noble kinsman, most degenerate king. But lords... We hear this fearful tempest sing, yet seek no shelter to avoid the storm. We see the wind sit sore upon our sails, and yet we strike not, but securely perish.
5: We see the very rack that we must suffer, and unavoidable is the danger now, for suffering so the causes of our rack.
9: Not so. Even through the hollow eyes of death I spy life peering. But I dare not say how near the tidings of our comfort is.
8: Hey. Let us share thy thoughts as thou dost ours. Be
5: confident to speak, Northumberland. We three are but thyself, and speaking so, thy words are but as thoughts. Therefore, be bold.
9: Then, thus I have from La Porte Blanc, a bay in Brittany, received intelligence that Harry, Duke of Hereford, Reynold, Lord Cobham, that late broke from the Duke of Exeter, his brother, Archbishop, late of Canterbury, Sir Thomas Erpingham, Sir John Ramsden, Sir John Norbury, Sir Robert Waterton, and Francis Coint, all these well furnished by the Duke of Brittany, with eight tall ships, three thousand men of war, are making hither with all due expedience, and shortly mean to touch our northern shore. Perhaps they had ere this, but that they stay the first departing of the King for Ireland. If then we shall shake off our slavish yoke, Imp out our drooping country's broken wing. Redeem from broken pawn the blemished crown. Wipe off the dust that hides our scepter's guilt. And make High Majesty look like itself. Away with me in post to Ravenspur, But if you faint, as fearing to do so, stay and be secret, and myself will go.
5: To horse, to horse. Urge doubt to them that fear.
9: Hold out my horse, and I will be
5: fir-
1: first there.